This episode of Keep Calm and Crown On is brought to you by Minute with Mary. If you yourself would like a little pick-me-up, I want to give you my easiest little tip. Throw on a coat of mascara. Just that little magic wand for me makes me feel pulled together and, I don't know, just a little bit, a little pep in my step again. So if you feel the same way when you swipe on a coat of mascara, you should try out the best mascara there is. Head on over to minutewithmary.com slash discount for a 15% discount on my best-selling mascara. It's funny. I looked at them as I was leaving. My mother, father, grandmother, aunt, even my sister. And I thought, that's what they must have looked like to him. Who? The last Prince of Wales. Poor lost soul we just buried. He wasn't like them. He was brighter, wittier, more independent of thought, more true to himself and so they united against him and in that moment as they looked at me in some god awful way I realized I've just replaced him From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Keep Calm and Crown On. It's a podcast dedicated to the Crown On Netflix, so grab your best cup of tea and let's get royal. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I am so fracking thankful that I was never, ever part of the royal family. Honestly. I want nothing to do with those Count brownies. Count your lucky stars. I, like, you know, listen, <laughs> I got my own familial issues with, with you know, the, the, the larger family writ large. Um, but yeah, no thanks. And granted, this is a fictionalized version of a oh, show sure. that we're discussing, but I hear ya. I hear you. You know what? There's not going to be what's that? A Netflix series about our life? No, no. We you, you actually watch a Netflix series or listen to a Netflix series about our lives by listening to these podcasts. So <laughs> very true. So kind of in a way, we do have a series about us. Well, listen. If you want to hear more about the things that we like or our lives, we get pretty open in some of our other podcasts as well. We can wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast, or you can find all of the other. Other things that we talk about over at maryandblake.com to find all of the other podcasts and blogs. For now, let's get into the show. All right, Blake, break down the episode details. For well, us. the title of this one, the penultimate episode of mm-hmm. season three, The Crown, is entitled Imbroglio. Now, the actual definition of the word imbroglio is, uh, according to Miriam Webster, is an extremely confused, complicated, or embarrassing situation, which I feel like is apropos for this episode, Agreed. depending on your perspective. Although, probably for everybody's perspective in this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's a con- 
confusing, embarrassing situation, I think, for pretty much everybody. Um, so, yeah, that's that. The director was Sam Donovan, who did the last episode of The Dang- uh, Dangling Man. And the writer, of course, was Peter Morgan. But there was also this other cool little tidbit that was included. Uh, Edward Hemming is credited with writing this episode as well. But he really has this specific title of additional materials by, mm-hmm. which usually means uh, specific snippets that came into the episode, which would make sense because when you look at uh, Edward Hemming's IMDb profile, you can see that he is basically a researcher for Pete, for Peter Morgan in all of the films that he has written, like Rush or uh, you know or uh, uh, the the other the crown movie <laughs> okay yeah uh, and he's also a producing partner with peter morgan so uh it, that's just an interesting little tidbit that hmm. I, I i didn't i didn't foresee coming so uh, apparently this guy had put enough into this episode in terms of the writing so much so that he got credit which is additional materials by okay which is an interesting thing Marvin, what do you got for your corgis rating oh man you your know your second to last corgis rating over it, here it is i gotta tell you i think this was a fiver Really? Yeah, I loved this episode. Um, there were bits about it that just shook me. Um, it was a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I—I I mean, I love the crown. Obviously, we podcast about it, <laughs> but um, and maybe it's because I am now fully devoted to these characters as as these characters you know i have been for a while but i fell in love with the original people from seasons one and two Mm -hmm. so much um but really i think having fleshed out the familial unit Mm -hmm. and having all of these different chess pieces moving around this episode was quite the game of chess which is funny when you say that you now love these characters i mean i don't love them actually I love no, no, to no, watch them on TV. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you like watching them on TV, and you. I don't want any of them to be my best friend. No, except Anne. no, no. Maybe Anne. You know, maybe Margaret. Margaret might be your best friend. I I want to have brunch with Anne and Margaret. <laughs> Just to see like what it's boozy like. Boozy brunch at 10:30. Mimosas for days. Oh yeah, after so like an award mimosas. ceremony. Like that's what I want. <laughs> like the boozy mimosa brunch with Anne and Margaret. <laughs> oh, you talk all the tea about everybody. Oh my goodness gracious! Yes. Boom. Uh, no, but. It's funny that you say that because the only character that I've found myself really clinging to is Charles okay. in this whole series so far. Um, of course, you know, we do have the Tobias Menzies, uh, Prince Philip aspect of it all. Yes. Uh, but that really has nothing to do with the character of Prince Philip. That has, has more to do with my obsession with Tobias Menzies. So, yeah, the only person that I found connecting to at all in this entire season was, in fact, Charles. And I find it quite nice that this is the episode that kind of caps off, So, at least from what we can see. We spent a great deal of time feeling sympathetic for Charles in this season. Yeah, you know, starting with Tuasag Khomri and then following that up with its um, its spiritual cousin, if you will, uh, the Dangling Man, and now this one, which kind of closes out that arc that began all the way back in Tuasag Khomri. So... As someone who has not watched the first two seasons, and by design, I have not watched the first two seasons, I don't know if I'm absolutely in love with The Crown. I don't know if I'm absolutely in love with the cast. Um, But having said that, having said that, I really liked this episode, and I'm going to give it a 4-8. 
I'm going to put it on the same level as the last episode, Dangling Man. I think there is so much great. And there's this one nagging thing that I have that I, okay. I just, it prevents me from giving it a four, nine or five. So, which we'll, mind you still can mean you love this episode. Yeah. So we'll go from that. All right. What do you got for your GBG? <laughs> okay. My, my good was watch out for your family. They don't mean well. Yeah, like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Or they, you know, he says they, they mean, mean well. She no, says, they no, don't. they don't. Oh. oh. <laughs> and then that shot turning to the whole family. Oh, oh. My, like what we heard. Oh, my God. So good. Yep. Yep. Um, my bad. <sighs> the like prime minister piano playing guy. I'm bored with you. Thank you. Thank you for, for calling that out, Ma, but I'm very proud of you for calling that out. Like, I, I enjoy the candlelight thing. I enjoy the fact that there were these electricity issues going on and people had to deal with it. I thought it was actually something very interesting to watch right now as we're going through a lot of, you know, stay-at-home orders and just people having to live their lives in a very different way. Sure. So, in that essence, I like it, but like, I don't care about this guy, and I don't care that you play the piano as a kid and you are poor. I right. don't. I don't care about you. Get yeah. out of here. And, and what's get out of here? And what's worse is that Elizabeth seems not at ease with him. She feel she feels very distant from him, which is completely opposite in what they allude to in this episode than with Harold Wilson, the previous prime minister. Yeah. Right. So like, you already have this feeling of not liking this dude to begin with yeah but i just i don't know i don't care about even his storyline yep like just get over it they needed to use candles and he stinks yep what's your uh what's your great the music in this episode yes it was this crazy low chant or it would it made you feel like it like doom is coming for you yeah. we just recently watched the princess and the frog <laughs> and um you know there are these like shadow characters who kind of come <laughs> you're gonna have to get like a disney no! that's one of the sounds you're gonna need to get is like <laughs> the last couple of notes of like the Disney theme or something. I for like our that. Disney That's mentions. a good idea. Um, but just these like dark shadows that are coming to get you that you can't always see. And it's just like, that's what I was feeling with this. It reminded me, um, it was such a low tone that it reminded me of like the Batman score. Ooh, good um, one. The Christopher Nolan version with by Han, Hans Zimmer. Yep. Um, just like this really low unease and it was perfect, but I, it was so good that I even commented it towards to you, mm-hmm. you know, a third of the way through the episode. I said, this music is amazing. Yes, I totally agree. I, uh, well, you know, the funny thing is, is that when you talk about Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer w- w- collaborated with Rupert Gregson Williams on this score. Get out. Well, he wrote, Hans Zimmer wrote the, the opening theme. Okay. Uh, yes. Which you can tell is very Hans Zimmery. Uh, but Rupert Gregson Williams is like of that Hans Zimmer school. Like, uh, you know who also is of that school who? is Ramin Jawadi. Yes, from uh, Game of from Thrones. Game of Thrones and Westworld and everything. Well, this then makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like they uh, <laughs> they like to make you uneasy. Yes, absolutely. Utilizing, um, shake you to your core pitches. You sure. know what I mean? Like really low. Um, you feel it in your chest. Yeah. Like you feel that like where it's almost hard to breathe a yeah. little bit. Uh, and you, you're right, Mary. It gives you a huge sense of unease. It gives you a huge sense of a sense of almost instability where you can feel yourself coming off, like falling off of an edge. 
with that score, uh, which I totally agree. All right, uh, for me, the good was the use of Starman, uh, the song from David Bowie, okay. as Anne is driving to the palace. And I love that use of Starman because, first of all, it plays off of what happened with Prince Philip in the moon and everything and how that was a, a whole huge big deal. Yes. Uh, but also, uh, it's that song, that whole album, the Ziggy Stardust album, is just such a surreal album. It's one of my favorite albums ever written because just because it's – it's if you ever get a chance, go listen to David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust, uh, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. It is, it's a masterpiece on every level, and it just takes you on this ride. And Starman is part of it, um, but it also highlights this surreal setting of the palace in the midst of all of the troubles with the electricity, and how when Anne is driving up, she's driving up to a candlelit palace. Mm-hmm. And that's juxtaposed against the 1972 Starman. Like, how <laughs> awesome is that? Yeah. Hey, you can never go wrong playing David Bo- David Bowie and Ziggy Star. You just you can't go wrong. But what a great, what a great like, not a parallel, but just a great comparison. Uh, how uh, how they play off of each other. The bad for me was the shot of Charles at the end in his cabin on his ship. And he's just sitting there looking so hopeless and helpless. And there's this one little tear coming off why of his face. Why was that bad? I'll tell you why it was my bad. Okay. Because everything in this episode, it was like somewhat of a heightened reality. But it was still, it felt real to me. Like it felt like 